Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keith Arizari and Jake Asman are in right now. It is Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance at ESPN Radio. And again, if you want, Hit us up at the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. A big NFL weekend coming up. College bowl games are uh, rocking and rolling. The NBA, the NHL, but Major League Baseball, you know, you talk about hot stove and heating up, Jake. Well, the Dodgers, they got Otani. Now they've got Yamamoto, who, if you didn't know much about him about a week and a half ago, every network has told you everything you need to know about who everybody now affectionately is calling Yoshi Yamamoto. Yamamoto gets, I don't know, $900 million. I'm kidding, 325 But it is a lot of money for someone, as you have said, is a 25-year-old kid. And a guy who has never thrown one pitch in Major League Baseball if you're listening and you have never played Major League Baseball, you have thrown the same amount of pitches in a game that Yamamoto has thrown. I mean, it really is crazy when you say it out loud. Like, look, he's 25. You had all the big market teams bidding on him. You very rarely ever see an ace become a free agent. And then you factor in you very, you very rarely ever see an ace at his age become a free agent. I mean, this guy won the equivalent of the Cy Young Award three straight years in Japan before this upcoming season now with the Dodgers. So you can understand why he got all this money. But then when you have the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Mets, the Red Sox, the Phillies, the Giants, all these big market teams in on the bidding, you can understand how something as crazy as a guy who's never thrown an MLB pitch could actually get more money than any MLB pitcher in the history of the sport. It's nuts, too, because it's seemingly everybody that's a scout and everybody who like really studies minor league players and anybody overseas and anybody not playing currently in Major League Baseball, everyone has said that Yamamoto is a can't-miss pitcher. And that is why... You know, he is getting this type of contract. But I think the thing that everyone is maybe upset about, if unless you live in L.A. and you're a Dodgers fan, is the fact that the Dodgers got Otani, and that was $700 million, which is voice-crackingly crazy. Mookie, 365. Freeman, 162. Glasnow gets the extension at $136.5 million. Like, it's just a lot of money being spent by one team. Jake, you've spent your time, you know, you, you've been in other other areas uh, of the states and you've seen other fan bases argue and complain about, well, we can't afford that. This is a tough pill for these small market teams to continue to have to swallow. It, it certainly is. I mean, if you're a Milwaukee Brewers fan or a Pittsburgh Pirates fan or you're a fan of really most of the major league teams, right? I mean, how many teams ultimately could afford to pay 
two guys a billion dollars, like what the Dodgers have done here <laughs> with Otani. I can't it's, even not laugh when you say that. It's insane. It's like you know the like the the line from Austin Powers, like one yes. million dollars, and it's like just it's so absurd that this was spent on two pitchers and or, or, or Otani is a hitter as well, but two guys and one of them has ever actually played in a major league game before. It's insane. But I'll say this: baseball is different than other sports. And now the Dodgers have kind of become what the Yankees were in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, the evil empire, the super team. And you know what? When they lose, it's going to be that much more fun to make fun of them because this doesn't guarantee anything. The one thing we have seen with Major League Baseball is that given the sports playoff structure, that 12 teams with a five-game series followed by a pair of seven-game series, it, it makes it almost super team proof. This is not the NBA where, you know, three-star players can – create a dynasty or the Warriors did it with four you know this is not like even football where like Patrick Mahomes is going to have a chance to win a Super Bowl every year because he's the best quarterback in the league baseball is not like that like the Dodgers can be great in the regular season and it wouldn't shock I don't think anyone if you know the 87 win Cincinnati Reds beat them in the NLDS next year that's just kind of the way this sport goes so they are a super team but that doesn't guarantee they're going to win a championship it is still really hard to win a World Series in baseball I'm looking forward to seeing if some veterans take less money now to be a part of this like, does Justin Turner come back to L.A. on a, on a smaller contract now because he, he wants to be a part of this? Uh, does J.D. Martinez decide, you know what? Grass isn't always greener on other sides, and I'll split some time with Otani and, and maybe play a little first base and a little bit of outfield if necessary. They, like, that's going to be an interesting thing about the L.A. Dodgers is them selling this super team thing to veterans. Speaking of super teams and super person here at ESPN, Jeff Passan, our MLB insider on SportsCenter earlier today. The Dodgers are getting a an anomaly. Uh, you know, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is five foot ten and one hundred seventy six pounds and throws right handed. And generally, when you have those physical characteristics, you're talking about a guy who sort of nibbles on the edges. No, Yamamoto is a power pitcher in the making of Pedro Martinez and Tim Lincecum and other small guys who know how to impart power on the baseball. So what the Dodgers have gotten, quite simply, is probably one of the 10 best pitchers in the world. This is the Dodgers assembling the Avengers and putting together the super team they hope to end all super teams in Los Angeles. What does Becky Hammond, by the way, think of... uh... Think of you know Yamamoto only being five ten. Keith, you think Becky Hammond has any strong opinions on whether Yamamoto could be the guy on a championship team in baseball? You know, I, I don't know how she feels about <laughs> baseball players, Becky Hammond, and and their height. But the 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 stature is interesting, right? Because and and Passon talked about you know some of the guys, and and you and I talked about this before the show today, like Pedro Martinez, Tim Lincecum. They're the guys you think about as the the shorter of stature, you know, hurlers and. And he is a shorter of stature hurler. But this does spin things forward now to other teams, other teams that missed out, like both New York teams, the the Yankees and the Mets. The Phillies made a hard push. There were other teams that at least were in the conversation. The question now from a baseball standpoint is, how do you bounce back if you're, let's, let's go with the Yankees and the Mets because... Like Steve Cohen, this is why he was there, right? You're supposed to have the deepest pockets, and you will get anyone that you want, and he missed. He certainly did. And look, my, my issue if I was a Mets fan would be, like, the Mets, obviously, they wanted him. You know, Steve Cohen flew out to Japan to meet with him. He invited him to his house for dinner. 
But the reported offer the Mets made was the same one that the Dodgers made. Like, don't you, if you're the Mets, have to grossly overpay and make it clear that he chose the Dodgers and he's taking substantially less? Like, that's your advantage. Like, if it's between the Mets and the Dodgers at the same amount of money, he's going to go to the Dodgers, better team, uh, closer to Japan on the West Coast. You have Otani. Play with his friend or idol, Otani. Like, like that, that, that to me is like, I mean, you made a great offer, sure, but... I mean, he was never going to choose you. Like, I feel like if you're a Met fan, I would feel a lot better not getting this guy if you found out that, you know, Steve Cohen offered him $350 million, and then he still turned you down and he went to the Dodgers. But hearing they, they offered the same amount of money, I, I I don't know. I mean, can you kill Steve Cohen? I don't know if you can. I mean, he did have the highest payroll of all time a season ago, but still I'd be a little disappointed not getting him if I were a Met fan today. There's no per- doubt. Perfectly stated. I think you could be disappointed, but I would not bash Cohen. Now, on the Yankees side of things, they made a really good offer as well. They add Juan Soto this offseason. You've got the reigning AL Cy Young winner in Garrett Cole. You've got Aaron Judge, and you've got a pretty solid roster. When Judge was healthy, this was a very good baseball team. When he wasn't, they stunk. Where do you go from from here if you're the Yankees? I, I think the Yankees need to continue their pursuit of of adding some arms here. I mean, you, you know, you look at their rotation. You have Garrett Cole, and you know, you have a lot of question marks right now. You do Nestor Cortez coming off injury. Carlos Rodon was a huge signing a year ago. Well, he stunk this past year. I don't know what he is going forward. Michael King was going to slot into your rotation, but you needed to use him as the headlining piece to acquire Juan Soto. So the Yankees need pitching. I think their offense is going to be a lot better. I think the Alex Verdugo trade is an underrated move for them. He's a contact guy, lefty bat, kind of what they needed, Keith. But there's some pitchers out there they should make a run at, whether it's maybe bringing back an old friend in Jordan Montgomery or <laughs> signing Blake Snell, who's got a close relationship with Aaron Judge. Or maybe it's a trade for a guy like Dylan Cease, who two years ago was the runner-up in the Cy Young Award conversation and maybe needs a change of scenery in Chicago. Corbin Burns, same kind of thing with him. Really good pitcher with the Brewers. They're not going to pay him. Can you get him? So I think the Yankees, if they were this aggressive in Yamamoto, this tells me they're going to be very aggressive in adding multiple starting pitchers between now and when spring training starts. It's not my money, but I would not be excited about paying, you know, 160 or $180 million for Jordan Montgomery. Uh, you've got Shota Imanaga also, who a lot of people talk about from Nippon Professional Baseball, that he could be, you know, the bridesmaid of, of Yamamoto, right? Like, he could work. Blake Snell is going to cost over $200 million, and he's a weird one. Two Cy Youngs. But he walks so many batters, and you don't know how far he goes in. Lucas Giolito is another name being bandied around. I would not be excited about Giolito. You mentioned Burns. He's going to cost a lot in a trade. Dylan Cease would cost a lot in a trade. And then I guess Shane Bieber would be the other name that's being thrown around. But him, too. I don't think he's the same guy anymore. He hasn't been in a couple of years. They're in a tough spot. I mean, there's no there's no obvious fix. I mean, one of the things the Yankees could maybe look at is, hey, do we try and build a super bullpen? Where we're talking about super teams. Like, do Ooh. the Yankees go out there and sign Hayter and add him to what is already a really good bullpen and then try and take, you know, some flyers and some of the lesser tier guys that we've kind of thrown out there. I know Frankie Montas has not been good and he's been hurt since the Yankees acquired him at the deadline a season and a half ago. But when this guy is healthy and pitches, I mean, he's 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 a damn good pitcher. Maybe you bring him back on a one-year flyer and you kind of piece it together until you get to a trade deadline and can kind of reassess and figure out what you need. They're a better team because you're right. Last year, as bad as it was, they were going to be probably a playoff team if Aaron Judge didn't have that freak incident crashing yeah. into the wall against the Dodgers. So I don't think they're as far away maybe as some Yankee fans think, but they definitely need some pitching. And, you know, the names aren't great when you miss out on Yamamoto, but there's still enough out there where I think they could put together a decent rotation behind Garrett Cole. Again, it's not my money, but this is what I would do. If I were the Mets, I would pay Blake Snell 
Hope and pray it works out. If I were the Yankees, I would trade some of my prospects. You got a bunch in like the, the 70 to 80 range. I would trade a bunch of prospects for Dylan Cease, and then I would sign Jordan Montgomery, and I would go into next year, this upcoming season, with Cole, Cease, and Montgomery, and then hope that Rodon and Cortez can round things out, and that would probably be the best pitching staff in all of baseball. That's what I would do. Yeah. Uh, again, not my money, but that's what I would do. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcyclists, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. You could see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. There are a bunch of headlines we've yet to touch upon. We're going to bring Harry in, our producer. He'll break them all down for us. He's Jake. I am Keith. It's Amber and Ian. It's ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It is Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. He is Jake Asman. I am Keith Irizarry. Harry Black is behind the scenes. And Jake was saying, guys, there were a few headlines we didn't get to. And I feel like he was he was upset about it, Jake was. And... And Harry's like, all right, I got you, I got you. Harry, so you have some headlines for us? Yeah, you know, I mean, Jake was starting to throw things. I was appalled, personally. <laughs> did, you, did you feel like you were the New York Jets for a second and he had, he was throwing all his ire to you? You know what? That's what I actually felt like, verbatim. Yeah. All right, guys, let's start off on the college level. The Florida State Board of Trustees voted unanimous, unanimously Friday to sue the ACC to challenge the legality of the league's grant of rights and its $130 million withdrawal fee, a necessary first step to plot the school's future and potential exit from the conference. This stemming from their being left out of the college football playoff. Keith, thoughts? Wow. Wow. That, I mean, honestly, this, this really feels like sour grapes about everything that happened with them not getting into the college football playoff. And with that being said, listen, I—, I it's fine. A lot of teams are leaving their conferences and making moves. If Florida State wants to move, go ahead, I guess. I'm kind of right there with you, Keith. Are, are, are we a little desensitized to this, right? I, I mean, <laughs> I, I just assume every like every school that has a, a notable football program, notable brand, if they're not in either the SEC or the Big Ten by now, they, they're trying to be. Like It just feels like if you're not there yet, you're trying to get there, so I'm not surprised about this at all. All right, moving on to the NBA. There's a team in Detroit who's about to win their 20. Oh, wait, not win their 25th. Detroit basketball. That's right. The Pistons dropped their 25th straight. 
to move within one loss of tying the NBA single season record, which is at 26. Jake, what are your thoughts on that team in the Motor City? How are they this bad despite having so many picks in the top five on them? Like, don't, don't you got to question everything if you're a Pistons fan? You've had top picks in the draft, it feels like, every single year the last five to six years, and you're this bad? It doesn't make any sense to me. I, w- I would be livid if I was a Pistons fan, although how many Pistons fans are left when you lose 25 games in a row? Well, last night they were chanting, sell the team. And you're right, with Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey, like you'd believe that they would have enough talent to almost accidentally win a game. Now, I don't know how much of an indictment this is on Monty Williams, right? $78 million he was paid in the offseason to be the head coach, and he's had some bright lights, but also seemingly Monty Williams, everywhere he goes, kind of fails with good talent, and this team doesn't have the best talent. So you have to actually wonder if these young players maybe aren't vibing with Monty. Is this a coaching thing? Is it a player thing? Is it a both thing? It's got to be somewhere in the middle, but 25-game losing streak is absolutely gross, and especially last night losing 119-111 to a Jazz team that, again, Jake, you were the starting center for. <laughs> I, I, I mean, 25 games in a row is like, it's hard to pull off. I mean, there's just no words to describe that level of ineptitude. My God. All right. On to the, well, I guess staying in the NBA. Ben Simmons says his back is improving, but it is still too early to target a Nets return. So, Keith, What's going to happen first, Ben Simmons playing or the return of Haley's Comet? Oh, goodness gracious. Or the Pistons win a game. (laughs) Or that. Uh, Pistons will win a game before Ben Simmons plays, I think. Actually, I got a better question. Jake, let me do this. So what happens first? An NFL playoff game happens or Ben Simmons plays in the NBA? Oh, NFL playoff game without question. Ben Simmons, are we sure he's even real? Like at this point, is he actually is he actually like not just like an AI creation or like Matthew McConaughey and Wolf of Wall Street? You know, it's it's a woozy, it's a wazzy. Like I'm sorry, uh, Ben Simmons. Can you think of a, an athlete that had more of a fall from grace in recent memory than that guy? What a joke! Yeah, I um no, I don't know if I can think of someone that has failed so miserably after actually being good in the league for like a year or two. So it's not like a just he got drafted number one or number two or number three and then just never did it. It's not Anthony Bennett. You know, it's not Darko Milicic, right? Ben Simmons looked like he was actually going to be able to play, and then he couldn't, and he doesn't. Figment of our imagination, Ben Simmons. Amazing. You know, I've never actually seen him in person. I've only actually heard of Ben Simmons. (laughs) All right. New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick said the kicking footballs used in the first half of Sunday's 27-17 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs were underinflated, and he deferred to the NFL as to why that was the case for both teams. There are too many jokes here. This seems too good to be true. Jake, thoughts on the coach of New England's claims? Well, the problem is my thoughts are not appropriate for... You know, thousands of ESPN radio affiliates throughout the country. So I'm going to defer to Keith on this one. So, Keith, what do you got? Um, Bill Belichick, the mastermind of the New England Patriots, who has seen his team get accused of wrongdoings. I'll say the, I'll try to be nice here. This was laughable that this came out. 
and I am with you, Jake. There are so many jokes and things I would like to say here. I will not. I would like to turn this back over to Harry, please. <laughs> I, you know, I, my answer to that is quarterback Geno Smith is off the Seattle Seahawks injury report. How <laughs> oh, we'll is be, he? Yeah, and he will be back in the starting lineup Sunday against the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. So, Keith. My question to you is, should the Seattle Seahawks go back to Geno after yes. Drew? Okay, there you go. Yes, I'm going to interrupt you. Yes, yes, yes. Geno Smith is not a world beater. He's not the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's coming off a great season last last year. He's the guy. Drew Locke is a backup for a reason. Backups are everyone's favorite until they have to play more than a couple of games. Go back to Geno. I'm with you. I, I think it's one of those things where, hey, Drew Locke, unbelievable job the other night. You basically saved Seattle's season. But you nailed it. Backups are backups for a reason. You don't want to overexpose them. And, and Geno Smith, with how well he played last year and at times this year, he's earned the right to at least see this season through if he's medically cleared, and it sounds like he now is. So you go to Geno, but look, if he struggles and you have to go to Drew Locke to try and save your season again, at least you know that maybe it's not over if you have to do that. But you got to give Geno the opportunity to, to continue to you know get back to what he was doing before his injury. All right, last one. About a minute left. Texans rule out C.J. Stroud for Browns game because of a concussion. Thoughts, Jake? Tough. I mean, look, they won with Case Keenum last week. It's going to be uh, difficult to do it on Sunday, but they are playing a backup in Joe Flacco. So you got two aging vets in Keenum and Flacco on Sunday. Uh, it's not going to be easy for the Texans, but they are at home. And they're well coached, so they'll have a chance in this game. But, you know, they got to get Stroud back for next week, and it doesn't sound like that's a lock at this point. So you got to hope that he's back for the final two games here with him not playing this game either. Did you just disparage the elite Joe Flacco? <laughs> oh, I heard that. Look. I'm happy for Joe. He's slinging it, 38 years old and all, but he is, to quote you, a backup for a reason. I'm yes, just saying. he's a backup for a reason. I think the Texans might struggle in this one. I think the Case Keenum going to have some issues with that Cleveland Browns defense. Coming up, what teams in the NBA are contenders and which are pretenders? Because a few teams are flying high and some are struggling. This is Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM, Channel 80. Keith Irizarry and Jake Asman with you. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And the Dr. Pepper call-in line, always hit us up there, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Going to have a little bit of extra fun here 
And uh, Jake, uh, Mike you, one of the big bosses at ESPN Radio, had, had mentioned this when we pitched this idea. So we're going to talk about NBA teams, real or not. And Mike you had said that this seems interesting. And is this a topic of discussion because of the in-season tournament? Like, did that make us as a fan base, as a fandom, start maybe paying attention to these teams a little bit earlier. I think it's a fair point by uh, by Mikey U. Uh, you know, it's interesting, too, because it feels like maybe this year compared to other years that there's just more relevant teams in the NBA than there has been. Like, for, you know, all the talk over the years about super teams, and we had the conversation when we were talking about the Dodgers and baseball before on the show tonight, it, it does kind of feel like in the NBA it's more wide open than it's been. Like, I know the Nuggets are the defending champs, but they're not exactly, like, this historic team that has, has this history of winning. Like, they broke through last year with their, 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 their first title with Jokic, and now it kind of feels like, looking at the landscape of the league, there's more teams with young ascending star players than we've had in a very long time, maybe ever all right so let's get into it then all right so we're gonna call this nba teams real or not i don't know why i did that voice but i just felt like it was necessary so here we go the minnesota timberwolves jake you are first are the timberwolves real or not by the way they're 21 and 6 and first in the west I'm going real. I, I, it kind of goes back to what I was saying. It feels wide open in the West. 21-6 is 21-6. Anthony Edwards has taken his game to another level this year. He's averaging 25 a game. I like this T-Wolves team. Even Rudy Gobert, everyone mocked that trade when they made it. He's had a really good season. It, it kind of feels like the T-Wolves kind of have established roles for everyone on their, uh, you know, in their starting five. They're a deep team. 21-6. I'm going to say real given how wide open it feels like the West is. Two and a half game lead on the Thunder, twelve and one record at home, Minnesota. Anthony Edwards, so you talked about him stepping up. How about twenty five points per game, five and a half boards, five assists per game? Carl Anthony Towns, twenty two and almost ten. Rudy, twelve and twelve and two blocks. And then the role players and Nas Reed and Mike Conley and Jaden McDaniels, like all of these guys have played very well. They're also Minnesota, a really large team, like a big team. And they're not a flash in the pan. They went 42-40 and 40 last year. So I will say and agree, Minnesota Timberwolves, they're real. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And homage. Do you remember? Do you know the actress? I don't know the actress, but I do know the show. Of course, Seinfeld, one of the all-time greats. The actress was Terry Hatcher. And at that time, she was like an it girl. So that was, a, that was a big deal on Seinfeld. Jake, the next team on our list, are they real or not? The Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm going to say they're not real, and it, it's simply just kind of fading the young team that's ascending. It always feels like that team, remember the Grizzlies a couple of years ago were that team, and then they got humbled by the Warriors in the playoffs. It always feels like that young team that's ascending, they got to go through the pain of losing before they could take that next step. Minnesota maybe went through that last year, which is why I believe in them this year. So I'm fading OKC. Great story. Awesome to see Chet actually play and look like one of the best young players in the league already. But I'm going to say they are not real at this point. i got to see more before I buy into the Thunder. 
I would say that it constitutes, you have to constitute what means real. And I think the Thunder are going to be a playoff team. They're second in the West right now. They've won three games in a row. You mentioned Chet. He's probably the rookie of the year unless everyone just decides to vote for Wambayama just because he's Victor Wambayama. Averaging almost three blocks per game, Chet is. SGA is a superstar. I said it. He is a superstar, not just a star. This Oklahoma City Thunder team is going to end up as a top six team in the West, and they will scare people in the playoffs. I say they're real. So we, we differ on that one. The next one will stay in the West. Uh, let's go to the Kings. How about the Sacramento Kings currently fourth in the West? I'm saying they're real, Keith. They went. They took the Warriors to seven last year. They have this, uh, you know, a young, explosive team. I mean, De'Aaron Fox, I mean, his his 30 points per game kind of speaks for itself right now. I'm a big Sabonis fan. So I, I just, I don't know. I like, I like their core of the team. I think they're well coached. I don't think the record accurately reflects the talent level they have here. Uh, I'm a believer in the Kings. Their home court advantage is legit. I, I, I am all in on the Sacramento Kings. There you go. Fox, Sabonis, Keegan Murray, Malik Monk posterizing people, and Barnes and Herter. They're a pretty deep team. The Kings are a fun team. They're one of the best offenses in all of basketball. They're fourth in the West. They will finish as a top four or five team in the West. I'm with you, Jake. They're for real. They're real, uh -oh. and they're spectacular. There you go. Uh, one more team in the West, the Houston Rockets, also a very young team, currently eighth in the West. I mean, look, I, I lived in Houston for five years. We're on in Houston right now. Shout yeah, out be to, careful, right? Shout out to H-Town. <laughs> shout out to everyone listening on 97.5 on the Houston affiliate there. The fact that the Rockets are even in this conversation is a testament to the year they have had. They're not a real championship contender. I think they are a real playoff threat, but they're probably another year or two away. They, they have a really good young team. I mean, seeing what Ime Udoka has done there, coaching them up has been phenomenal. Fred Van Vliet is the perfect veteran point guard they've been missing. And maybe maybe the, the most underrated player in the league, Alfred Shengun, is, is blossoming this year, but... They're not good enough to be a true championship contender, but they're a playoff team in my mind, which is a huge accomplishment for a team that has been the worst NBA record-wise team over the last three seasons. They're one of the teams I'm rooting for. Ryan Hollins does their TV color commentary. Good friend of mine. I've known him for a while now. I root for the Rockets because of him. They're eighth in the West, like we said. They've lost three games in a row. Here's why I'll say they're not for real. The Suns, the Lakers, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, all currently behind the Houston Rockets. I think at best, the Rockets are a 10 seed in the West and maybe a play-in team if they get that 10 spot. I'm going to say they are not for real, but that doesn't mean they don't have a bright future. Over to the Eastern Conference we go. The Orlando Magic have lost four games in a row, but they're currently fourth in the East. I'm going to say not real. Uh, young, kind of similar to the conversation we had about a few, couple of these teams we've already mentioned. They're uh, that team that's like taking that next step, but they're going to have to go through the you know the pain of losing in the playoffs before they fully blossom. Really good young team. How could you not be thrilled if you're a Magic fan, given what the expectations were coming into the year? It seems like Ben Carroll is going to be a legitimate star in this league for years to come, but I'm not sold on the Magic being a true championship contender because I think the East is so top-heavy with the the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers. I just don't think the Magic are on that level, despite where their record has them in the standings right now. 
I often talk about teams in the vein of, are they a league pass team? And what I mean by that is, when I am scrolling through all of the NBA games on NBA League Pass, are they a team I want to stop and watch? The Magic would be a yes for that, but they are not for real. And I think that there's a chance they might not even make the playoffs. But again... Future is bright. You mentioned Paolo Bancaro. He is awesome. Last team on our ledger is the team that lost in the in-season tournament championship, the Pacers. Halliburton is fantastic. They're eighth in the East. They're struggling since the in-season tournament. Are they for real, Jake? I'm going to say no, they're not. They can score. They don't play a lick of defense, and it kind of goes back to what I said about the Magic. The East is too good at the top. It's, it's not like the West where it does kind of feel like maybe it's more open-ended. The East, you have the Bucks, you have the Celtics, you have the Sixers, and I think there's a gap after that. Maybe the Knicks are in that conversation. Maybe you would put the Heat because of what they did last year in that conversation. But I think there's a drop-off after that even further, and that's kind of where I would put teams like the, the Pacers, the Magic, when you kind of rank and stack the teams in the Eastern Conference. I'm going to do it like this because you talked about where teams sit. The Celtics, the Bucks, and the Sixers are clearly the teams in the east the Knicks are kind of knocking on that door the heat would probably be right there as well the Cavaliers are very banged up I think the Pacers would be in the next grouping there so by the standard of that I would say that and it hurts me because I like the Pacers and I like Halliburton I like a bunch of the players on that team I would say they are not for real they're fun but they're not for real but uh you, you know what Cam behind the scenes can you play the drop one more time just for fun for us they're real oh. and they're spectacular what a great scene. True story as well. Yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. <laughs> hey, uh, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. One more break, and when we get back, we wrap things up with some NFL Pick'em. He is Jake Asman. I am Keith Irizarry. This is Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is a challenge. Challenge. This is ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. The Pick'em Challenge of all Pick'em Challenges. This is Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM, Channel 80. Jake Asman, Keith Rosari with you for, uh, let's say, another 10 minutes or so. Uh, by the way, ESPN Radio has you covered for bowl game action. Tune in tomorrow for the Camellia Bowl, followed by the famous Idaho Potato Bowl and the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. Coverage begins at 1130 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. So, Jake, uh, we are now a part of this. So our record, I don't know if this counts for Amber and Ian or if yours and my name ends up getting thrown into this. Uh, either way. No pressure, but we have to dominate this, okay? Jake, lock in. You ready? Let's lock go. in. I want to win. I mean, look at the records here. I mean, Amber and Ian are 21-23 and 2 on the year. I don't know if that's all them or people filling in for them, but, like, I'm expecting us to go 3-0 and and kind of set the tone for anyone else that, that does this this show going forward. Yeah, let me see all of So these these records right now. Harry, pull these records up for me. I want to see what our records are right now. So Carlin versus Joe, 31-13-2. and Great record. Freddie and Harry, 26-18-2. Freddie is, is, is a whiz. Love him. Uh, unsportsmanlike, 25-19-2. That's, that's not bad. Game night, 25-19-2. Amber and Ian, 21-23-2. And, and Greeny, uh, it hasn't been a great road so far for Greeny at 17-27-2. Wow. All right. So let's do this. Uh, first one on our ledger. 
Bengals two-point favorites at the Steelers. Which way should we go? I'm leading Steelers on this, Keith. Everyone's down on Mike Tomlin. Everyone's down on the Steelers. Doesn't it kind of feel like this is when Mike Tomlin rises to the occasion? They're at home, backs up against it now at 7-7. Seven and seven. I don't know. This kind of feels like the whole country is going to be on Cincinnati, and then Mike Tomlin pulls a rabbit out of his you-know-what, and the Steelers find a way. So I'm leaning Steelers, but I don't have a ton of conviction in this, so I'm not going to lie to you. I'll let you, you could be the, the deciding voice here. I was going to say, here. Harry, what do we do if we disagree? Because I, I, I think this Pittsburgh Steelers team – is stuck in the mud, and Jake Browning has found a little something. I would say that if Jamar Chase were playing in this game, I would clearly say Cincinnati, but I like the connection that Browning has had with T. Higgins and and Tyler Boyd, and and the run game has been decent. I would lead Cincy. So so how do we do this, Harry? Well, I'll give you guys two options. You can kind of mull it over between the two of you, or you can give Cam and I the deciding vote. Oh, I like that. Yes, let's. You guys have the deciding factor. Jake, you good good with that? Absolutely. It takes the pressure off of us, and we could then not take any responsibility. Yeah, can we put this on work. Cam? Actually, I yeah, want to put all the pressure what? on Cam because I was thinking that if me and Cam then split the vote right no. here, that leaves us nowhere. So I'm not going to have a vote. Cam, you're the deciding vote right now. All right. Bengals, Steelers, give me the Steelers. And they're not losing too many more games in a row. Give me the Steelers. All right, so the Steelers is our official pick. There you go. The Detroit Lions, three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against everyone's favorite Nick Mullins-led Minnesota Vikings. It's Goff and Mullins going at it. I'll go first here on this one, Jake. I think Detroit wins this game, and I think they cover the three and a half points. I just think they're a better team, and they know that their their playoff situation is definitely on the line. I know the Vikings trying to get into the postseason. I like Detroit. I like Detroit too. So we're unanimous here. The only thing that does concern me is the game's in Minnesota, and you know that's a tough place to play at times. And I don't know the Lions. The Lions, as good as they've been for most of this year, I always go back to that Thanksgiving game where they were nearly a ten-point home favorite against Green Bay, and they lost and got blown out. But I think they rebounded from that. I like this Lions team. I'm a believer in Dan Campbell. We saw what they did last week on that on uh, not Thanksgiving. We saw what they did last week in that Saturday night special. They blew out Denver. So I'm with you. Give me the Lions here. We're we're in agreement. Yeah, I mean, I know Nick Mullins is the new man on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, (laughs) See what I did there. Ah. All right. Maybe the highlight game of the weekend, or at least on Sunday, the Cowboys and the Dolphins. The Dolphins are now just a one-point favorite, so the line has moved a little bit. We saw it as much as two-and-a-half, saw it at one-and-a-half. It's now a one-point, essentially a pick here. You're up. Miami or Dallas? How about them, Cowboys? I'm going Dallas for this reason. The Dolphins have not beaten a team with a winning record in over a year. They do not beat good teams. Two is talking about keeping receipts because he played well against the Jets and Zach Wilson slash Trevor Simeon a week ago. I, I don't buy it. I know the Cowboys looked terrible last week, so I actually think you're getting this number, the only minus one spread, with some value here because I don't expect the Cowboys to play that poorly. I think they bounce back. It might be a tight game, but I think they're going to they're, they're gonna win, so I'm going Cowboys here with my pick. I wish as we sit here at 9.51 p.m. Eastern time on Friday, December 22nd, I had more clarity on the offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys. I do. I wish that we had that. I wish we knew if Tyron Smith was going to play. I don't think he will. I wish we knew if Zach Martin was going to play. He's got the questionable tag. I think he probably plays. With all of that being said, I can't see the Dallas Cowboys laying another egg. I'm with you. It pains me, but I think the Cowboys win on the road at Miami. How about the Cowboys? 
How about them Cowboys? So those are the official picks for the Pick'em. So uh, we can mark those down and uh, blame Cam if they're wrong. And you can say that Jake and I are geniuses You're not blaming they're me. all right. I, I'm not picking the Cowboys. I'm picking the uh, Dolphins. You're not You would have picked me. the Dolphins. Cam, tell me why. Why would you pick the Dolphins? Well, two things. You said they haven't beaten a team over 500 in, what, a year or so? That's one reason why. I think um, they beat a team. They once beat a team that was 500 or something. Okay, anyway. that's okay. But I'm still <laughs> going to go Dolphins with that. The Dolphins haven't beaten a winning team. I, well, I guess does Denver have a winning record now, or are they 500? Uh, that was like their one. Team I want to say Denver's 500, but I'm definitely still going to take the Dolphins just because something's got to give with the Dolphins, you know. And I think Tyreek Hill is going to come back and have a big game. All right. You heard it from Cam. Let's quickly run through some of the other games. Bills and Chargers. The Bills are 12.5-point favorites on the road. That is such a big number. I don't know if I would lay the 12.5. It would scare me, but the Chargers stink. They do stink, but do you believe in the dead coach bounce, right? They finally got rid of Staley. Do they have this, like, one great effort? Oh, the, you know, the guy's gone. Let's go out there, play free. Let's play loose. I mean, it still is, what, Easton Stick at quarterback, I believe, Yeah. for the Chargers, which makes it tough. South but, Dakota State's finest, I believe. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure his uh, friends and family are pumped for him, but the rest of the country, maybe not so. Uh, that being said, this is a big number. Maybe the Bills are feeling themselves after this blowout last week. Uh, maybe the Chargers can hang around here, so – if I were to bet this game, and I probably won't, the fact that it is in L.A., Bill's got to make the trip cross-country. I'll take the points and hope that somehow this could be a closer game than people appear. Falcons, two-and-a-half-point favorites, hosting the Colts. So essentially a pick them there. All the B. John Robinson issues going on, the Falcons getting fined for not correctly stating whether or not he was healthy or not. I think the Colts go into Atlanta and win. I'm with you. Better coach, better quarterback in Minshew and Shane Steichen. I'll take that over Taylor Heineke or Desmond Ritter. I think they're going back to Heineke again. And Arthur Smith, who I think he's yeah, I think he's on the hot seat. When you're an offensive guy and your offense is that bad, people call into question everything. Uh, this could be one of his final games coaching the Atlanta Falcons if they start losing here. Seahawks need a win. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. Geno's back under center. Three-and-a-half-point favorites in Tennessee. Would you take the points? I would lay the points, and I'm going with Seattle. I think Seattle yeah. will find a way. They showed me a lot last week on Monday night with Drew Locke. Geno's back. Game is way bigger for Seattle for obvious reasons. Not going to be easy. It typically isn't with Seattle, but I like I like Seattle. I'll lay the points here. In a battle of bad football teams, the Jets are three-point favorites Ugh. at home against the Commanders. You cannot, under any circumstance, take the Jets <laughs> right now, right? As a favorite? I mean, come on. You know what's crazy Trevor about this Simeon. game? You have the 32nd-ranked offense versus the 32nd-ranked defense, right? The Jets have the worst offense. The Commanders have the worst defense. And I still have no faith in the Jets scoring an offensive touchdown. So I'm going to take the Commanders here, and if the Jets win, great. If they lose, higher draft pick. That's how I look at it as a very depressed Jets fan. Jets could win 9-6. Let's get a – we're running out of time here. How about the Monday night game? Get over to Monday. Game of the year. Yeah, Ravens and Niners. Niners, six-point favorites at home against Baltimore. What do you got? Too many points. I think this is a close game. I think it's a Super Bowl preview. Give me the Ravens here, and I think the Niners might win, but it won't be by more than six. So I'll take the Ravens covering what I think will be an unbelievable game that we might see again in February. I need to see it. I need to see it. Absolutely fantastic. Jake, you and I have known each other for a while. First time we've gotten a chance to do a show together. This was awesome, man. 
man, these these uh, three hours flew by. Thanks to ESPN for uh, letting us do it. This was awesome. Yeah, this was fantastic. Oh, by the way, I didn't even give the pick. I would roll with you. I would take I would take the Ravens there. I don't I don't think the Niners win by six or more points. So that'll do it for us. This was Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Coming up, it is game night with Emmett Golden and Myron Medcalf. He is Jake Asman. I am Keith Arizari. Have yourself a wonderful weekend and a fantastic holiday.